Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Moments with author, professor, and John Maxwell certified business and executive coach, David McNamee. This show is for everyone who wants to learn, grow, and do the hard work of becoming a better servant leader. Whether you're a veteran leader of people or you're just getting started, we can all improve our leadership at home, at work, and in our communities. This weekly show gives you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to help you develop your servant leadership skills. And now, here's your host. Hello, my friends, and welcome. This is Leadership Moments, and my name is David McNamee. Before we begin today, I want to let you know about an upcoming event that I think you probably want to pay attention to. It's a, it's a mastermind group. It's a, it's a group of people that get together around a common idea and just learn to, de- de- to develop their skills as leaders. My good friends at the North Clackamas Chamber of Commerce are hosting my latest mastermind group, which starts in January 2017. Now, I, I know that seems like a long time away, but if you're thinking about what to do with the new year, this is a great event to put on your calendar. It starts January 26th, and for seven weeks, we'll meet once a week, and we'll be exploring one of John C. Maxwell's classic books, Leadership Gold. My friends, the path to leadership begins with a question only a few of us ever ask. How do I lead myself? In Leadership Gold, John Maxwell presents 26 insights not just for those who aspire to positions of leadership, but also for veteran leaders who aim to build and improve upon these steps that led them to the front of the line. So I'm inviting you. Join me at the North Clackamas Chamber of Commerce for this great mastermind group. It starts in January, ends the first week of March. You can register by visiting the uh, North Clackamas Chamber website at www dot your chamber.com or you can go to my website at foundationsforleaders.com and uh, we are also going to put a link up to register for that on the KKPZ Facebook page so uh, I hope to see a lot of you there be uh, seven weeks of fun and learning well my guest today on leadership moments is Clackamas County Deputy Administrator Nancy Newton Nancy's uh, got a bachelor's degree in management and organizational leadership from George Fox University and completed her executive master's degree in public administration from Portland State University. And prior to her work at Clackamas County, Nancy spent eight years in the nonprofit sector. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So give us some more about you. Tell us, um, you know, a little, what, what drives you, what makes you ha- uh, passionate about leadership and those things? Leadership, what a nebulous word for know, everybody, right? Yeah. For me, I, I don't know. I, don't, I never think of myself so much of a, as a leader as I'm somebody that likes to bring people together to do good things. 
And if that's a leader, then great. But I, I that's not seems like a big mantle to take on. I've never really considered myself that way, although other people call me that. And maybe it's just I try to be humble about it. And I think we're all really a group of equal people trying to do good work together. Um, certainly in my position I, is a leadership role, so I don't shirk away from it when it when it calls. But I prefer to think of myself as a collaborator. Uh, isn't there, I think there's a Yiddish word, like a mensch, you know, somebody that, mm-hmm. that brings people together and, and both people benefit from that. And that I, it gives me a lot of joy. You know, that's not something people come by naturally. Is there something that sort of brought you to that, to that conclusion that, that your role in life is to be the connector? I think it is, you know, maybe it's because growing up, I was the youngest child. And so I always hung out with older people, you know, my uh, my sister, who is my best friend, uh, she she tolerated me hanging out with her, her and her friends. And I don't know, I just always gravitated toward, I mean, maybe I was born 20 years too late. Uh, too late, yeah. <laughs> I was born at the wrong time. But I don't know, it's, it's something about, I, I love the energy from helping people. And not just in, in programs, but just the connection that you can make with somebody when you see a need that they have. And you know somebody that can help them with that. And I think intrinsically people get a lot of joy out of helping each other most people really do so are we wired that way or is it a learned thing or where would you go with that well if you want to go and Mm -hmm. you know if you were to talk to jared diamond he would probably tell you that we are wired that way you know jared um, diamond being he is a a scientist sociologist he wrote uh guns germs and steel he's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite authors Mm -hmm. Um, and he's an anthropologist and he talks a lot about uh, human behavior and why the, that we do the things that we do. And I think fundamentally, we all want to be part of a tribe. We all mm. want to belong. And to do that, we have to get along. And so there's some, I guess, some primitive aspects to that as well. But then, you know, the higher thinking part and the angels of our better ma- nature, so to speak, you know, is when we want to do the good things that help uh, not just uh, ourselves and our family, but really humankind. And to me, the best joy is helping the person I don't know, um, but that, that really has maybe had some troubles in their life. So that's given me a lot of, of joy personally. This, this isn't something that I would normally, uh, <laughs> think of a County administrator as somebody who, who's has that agenda in the back of their mind. D- does that play a part of what you do as a County administrator? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every day. Uh, wh- I guess one of the fortunate parts of my job is I get to meet a lot of different people and they do a lot of different roles. I, you know, uh, some of them may be in a congressional delegation. Some might be legislators, you know, of course our own County commissioners and the people they know. I get to meet people, hear their stories. If I have a way to help them and reach out to them or tell them about something that's happening that I know about, that gives me a lot of excitement. Um, one small story that I can think about is, Uh, The county, we have a lot of different programs, and unlike cities, we do um, a lot of social services program and human services programs. We also do corrections, parole, probation. Uh, We have a residential treatment center um, and one specific for women. And this was several years ago. I was helping get some money for that program, and it wasn't a whole lot of money, but I was facilitating the process through the board and making sure that we got that grant money and it was directly adding treatment beds for this facility. So what I did was I went and I visited the women that were in the residential treatment. This was a, they lived there, they didn't, you know, and 
I was really stunned with how open and vulnerable they were with me. They were very willing to share their stories about what got them to that place in their lives. Uh, a lot of them had been abused or harmed and turned to drugs and alcohol as a way of coping with that. And then their lives fell apart after that. Um, I was really touched by that. So I was working on this grant. I didn't tell them any of that part because I wasn't sure whether or not that funding would go through, but I did want to go to their graduation ceremony, which was held at a local church. I didn't want to tell anybody because I just wanted to kind of go and be a fly on the wall and because it was about them. It was their night, not me. And that's one of the unfortunate parts of being in a kind of a visible leadership role is when you go in a room, sometimes it, people think it's about you and it's really not, mm. or it shouldn't mm -hmm. be at mm -hmm. any rate. So I tried to sneak in. Unfortunately, the corrections director spotted me and kind of waved me up toward the front of the room. And that was fine. I kind of set off to the side and um, he began the program and he introduced me and he said, well, Nancy Newton is in the audience tonight. And if it weren't for Nancy, we wouldn't have been able to add the 12 treatment beds to our program. And I, David, you, you would have thought that he would have introduced the Rolling Stones or something. It was crazy. I mean, I, I was kind of embarrassed, really. Um, and I, I really was a little bit, I wasn't angry, but I was, I was, I was like, this isn't about this. I'm happy that that money went through. I'm happy that I was able to make it happen. But this is about these women completing this program and starting a new life, a positive life. Um, after that ceremony, uh, a, a woman came up to me. I will never forget this one. Her face is permanently etched in my mind. And she was crying. And, and she took both of my hands in hers. And she was kind of shaking. And she said, thank you. She said, this program saved my daughter's life. I will never forget that. And and isn't that sort of the icing on the cake for being a yes. public administrator, isn't it? Yes. Um, the, I think people don't realize, because you are the visible person in the room, and so, mm -hmm. as you said, there's sometimes a, a feeling like the spotlight is there and it's all about you, but it's really not. If a true uh, servant heart in a public servant wants, you're the, you're the last person that wants the light on you. You want it on, on the other folks there. Exactly. Wow. It was, it was a, I, it's one of the small things, you know, when, when you think about the amount of money at what it, overall in the scale of the mm -hmm. county's budget, it was not a large amount, but it, probably one of the most impactful moments of my career. Talk about, um, in the time now, how, how long have you been in the position you're in now? For six years. Okay. And a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and a few more weeks. Uh, is it okay to say yes, where, where are you heading off to? I will be the assistant county executive for Sacramento Cal County, California. Okay. So I'm heading south. And and I remember you said something about the size. It, what's what's what are you going from and what are you going to? Yes. Well, it is is if you were to take Clackamas County and blow it up on a photocopier, so to speak, Sacramento County. Uh, well, right now I'm number two of two thousand employees. Sacramento County. Um, I will be number two of twelve thousand employees, and their budget is three point nine billion dollars. Does it scare you? No. No. Um, it's interesting. The, doing the job doesn't scare me, and probably because I don't know what I don't know yet, right? I, I have the mm -hmm. the bliss of ignorance right now. I, um, no, for me, it was more the logistics of moving and, and missing my sister and my nieces and my family here. But it was such a great opportunity, and probably the one of the greatest joys I have in my career, in, in addition to helping people, is learning. I love learning new things. And even though this is a very similar job, it's in a different state with different elected officials, mm -hmm. a totally different way of doing business. 
They have uh, environmental constraints that we, you know, certainly don't have to face here. I'm excited about working on some new projects and doing good there. So it may be a little premature, but but uh, reflect back on the six years that you've had so far, and and tell me about uh, some moments of joy. There probably are too many to even think about, but I'm going to. I think about these little snapshots in my career. One, I, one thing I think it's important for anybody to do in their job, especially in a leadership position, is find ways to fill your reservoir. And one of the ways I would do that would be to go and go out with the departments and learn from the staff and have them show me what they're doing and what they're working on. I really loved going to our juvenile departments and seeing when the youth would graduate from their programs. These were court-mandated programs, and they would go up, and Judge Deanne Darling would give them their certificates. And many of these kids, a lot of them hadn't even completed high school, hadn't gotten a certificate for anything. And, you know, they were so proud. It, it was really great to see the looks on their face or when they're doing a project for restorative justice in their community. Uh, those were reservoir-filling moments for me that always make me happy. And then just times when, you know, just being silly and goofy at work. I think that's important. I had a, a great county administrator, John Mante, and one of the, one of the this was in oh, the early 2000s, and he, he had a great sense of humor. It was a rare snow day and we were both wearing our suits and he said, Hey, let's go outside and throw snowballs against the building. And so we <laughs> did, we went out there in our suits and we threw snowballs and start. And pretty soon people started coming to the windows like hit, hit me, hit me. It was, it was so great to be out there with the County administrator throwing snowballs and just, you know, he had such a great attitude like that. It was a blast. Wow. That, that does sound like fun. <laughs> and, and you're, you're spending public money wisely while you're doing this? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. It was, you know, we, di we didn't do it for very long, <laughs> mainly because we're, you know, we certainly weren't dressed for it. I didn't even have gloves on. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even mm -hmm. hit the building. I, I definitely throw like a girl. Sorry to use a sexist phrase. But he, he had a very good arm. He was able to hit the third floor. Mm -hmm. So I was wow. pretty impressed. Yeah. Okay. So you filled a reservoir. That was, that was a, one great story. Is there another one in there? There's a lot of great stories. Mm -hmm. um, every year... I, uh, when we, when we do our homeless count, I volunteer for that. And so no county money spent on this one. I do this in a volunteer capacity. Uh, it's, it's something that is this it, the, uh, the one night count. Yes. That goes the, the point in time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. And you know, and so, yeah, m most people aren't as familiar with that as you are. Obviously you, you know your stuff, but this is a requirement for the housing and urban development. I'm going to try not to use any acronyms in this conversation. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> At any rate, my location last time that I went was um, at Father's Heart, uh, and that is the nonprofit in Oregon City that they have a drop-in shelter. They do meals. They help with with clothing, and it makes sense when you do the homeless count to have different areas around the county where we know people will congregate so we can reach the most people, and there's a survey that's involved with that. It's a totally anonymous survey, but what we try to assess is not just how many people that are homeless, but how are we defining that? Are they sleeping in their car? Are they couch surfing? Do they have mental health issues? Are they a vet? You know, there's a richness of the survey that we try to get to. So it's tricky because when you are a person in crisis, the last thing you want to do is see somebody with a clipboard coming your way saying, oh, hey, can, I, can you help mm -hmm. me with this survey, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to make it like what you're doing right now with me mm -hmm. in, a, in a 
having a conversation. Just tell me about yourself. You know, what's your situation right now? And, and how did you get, how it happened? You know, kind of like, just try to make it really approachable. Uh, one of the questions on the survey is whether or not somebody is a victim of domestic violence. Mm. And uh, a woman I was speaking to told me that she was sleeping in her car because her boyfriend um, beat up on her, but she didn't consider that domestic violence. And I said, well, you know, if you're out there, you, you have been a victim of that. And, you know, we can help you with some with resources for that. Mm. And it didn't occur to her that mm-hmm. to be in that category. Yeah. Isn't that funny? They, so many times we think, well, why, why don't people just do something to help themselves out? And they may not even realize the choices that they have available. They don't, they don't know the question to ask. It's true. It's mm-hmm. true. And people mm-hmm. need advocates. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what I do in my job. And, you know, it's the little things of being advocates for people that reach out to our office or that I even just see in our building or on mm-hmm. our campus. During the last homeless count, I met a young gentleman who had just been released from the jail. He was uh, addicted to methamphetamine, and what we talked about was he was struggling so much at that time to use. I said, what are you going to do today? He said, I really want to use. And I said, can you try to do it one day? I said, you were just in the jail. You got clean in the jail. The hard part's over with. I mean, as far as the worst of it, right? Mm-hmm. The, the cravings, mm-hmm. I'm sure, are something he probably, probably still battles. Yeah, right? yeah, you just struggle with that the rest of his I life. I mean, addiction mm-hmm. is an insidious disease. And mm-hmm. I was asking him if he could try not to use today. And he said, you've been really kind to me. I will try not to use. And I said, is it okay if I hug you? And he said, yeah. And and we hugged. And we, we did a long hug, like 10-second hug. I think with people that are homeless, you know, they, they I often aren't able to take a shower. They're not, a lot of times they're not clean. They don't get treated like humans. They're not touched. They're not uh, treated with kindness. And just that little hug, he was, you know, kind of tearing up. Mm, wow. He's, he was an amazing guy. I, mm, I think about mm. him often, actually. I hope that he didn't use, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about some of the positive lessons you've learned. What might be one of your regrets that you're leaving behind? Perhaps a project you wish you could have gotten done or or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't have a lot of regrets, which is fortunate. But there is some esoteric things I think about as a leader that maybe government isn't quite ready for yet. Uh, but I've had examples of and I'll give you an example. So you mentioned my undergrad is at George Fox University. Mm-hmm. That is a great university and a little plug for George Fox. But once a day, once a day, they close the entire campus and they call it their service day. And they do projects around the community, all of the professors, all of the students, and it makes a huge impact. And it's pretty genius marketing on the part of the university too, right? Because the community mm-hmm. gets to see what a huge role the university has in their town. I was thinking, what a great idea if we could give employees a certain little bank of time that they could use either for service or maybe to go to a class or, you know, something, it would have to be related to their job or professional development, but it's tricky, right? Because it is public resources. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an idea I noodle around with sometimes. I don't know what the answer is yet. Maybe in five years I'll figure it out. Um, I think the public would be supportive of that in general if they knew that it wasn't being wasted. 
but public employers are such a tremendous resource and we work so well together. And I know that's definitely the case in Clackamas County. I know that um, I didn't start my work in the, in the commissioner's office. I started in human services and, you know, people have to be nice to me now, right? Because of my job, but they always were before anyway. So, you know, being able to make those connections to help people, I, I still think there's a nugget of a gem of a nugget of ingenuity in that idea. I don't know how to make it work mm-hmm. in the public sector. Mm-hmm. Does this fit under the umbrella we talked about before the show about uh, governments being risk averse? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one I would necessarily, I floated the idea. Uh, I'll give you an example. The, the county has different um, groups that we have that employees can join. We have a wellness program. People can take, say, uh, do a stretching and yoga. We have excellent um, health rates as a, as a result, but we do it on our own time. And a lot of these classes are at lunch or they overlap. And if you could get maybe an hour or two of paid time to do something wellness focused or service focused, I'm not talking about, you know, eight hours or anything exorbitant, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to me, that sends a message to the community, one that we're invested in you and also to our employees that we're invested in them. Uh, it's not good enough just to say, oh, I work in government. Government is not real sexy. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> it's really not. It's not all the glitz and glamour you see on TV. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> parks and Rec, it's not like Parks and Rec. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, Parks and Rec actually has kind of a cult-like following mm-hmm. among government people because sometimes it, it it's a little cringeworthy close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know you have a passion uh, for talking about women in positions of leadership. I do. Where would you like to go with that? (sighs) I just really want to honor the women that have helped me. I can't say that I have any agenda as to where I see I must be as a woman. I, I look at where I must reach for the next ones. I like that. So there's all already some brilliant women that I've connected with. And I, I'm going to do a shameless plug, not for me, mm-hmm. but for the Engaging Local Government Leaders group. And Kirsten Wyatt, one of its co-founders, is a wonderful woman leader. Great, great person. And she's what, done... Go ahead some, and repeat that again. Engaging Local Government Group. Engaging okay. Local Government Leaders. Oh, leaders. It's okay. E-L-G-L dot org. Okay. And phenomenal, phenomenal group. And really um, focused on helping people in government with their careers, making connections. It's very affordable. It's geared toward the younger working professional that wants to uh, be more than just what their position description says. It's it's a tremendous group. Um, So for me, I try to think about... um, the women that have mentored me, uh, my mentor passed away a couple of years ago. I've been thinking about her a lot these last couple months, excuse me. Her name was Linda Schaffman. And I remember she ran a nonprofit that I worked for. It was my first job at 23. And she called me, I respected her so much. She had breast cancer and she worked almost the entire time. When she lost her hair, she used to have us rub her head for good luck before meetings. <laughs> you know, she had just a great sense of humor, great mm-hmm. spirit for life. And she beat cancer a couple of times, and it finally took her. But, you know, Linda, I, I do a lot of what I do to honor you. And I feel her 
with me sometimes. And as I go on to this next job, I know she's proud of me. I know she's telling me to kick some butt. And, but she took me into her office when I was 23 and she said, you know, you'd be a great executive director. Have Mm. you ever thought that? Mm. And I'd never had, and nobody had said that to me, just that sentence. So I look for others, especially women, and try to say, have you ever thought about X, Y, or Z? Because far too often women don't hear that phrase. Mm. We, we, do women lead different than men? Oh, absolutely. No question. I, you know, I would say the majority of the time women seek to collaborate first. And we also are pretty adept at multitasking, especially if you are a mother. I, am, I don't have children, but I have nieces that I'm very involved with. If you're a mom, you know how to multitask and how to do a number of things. And just we tend to be a little bit more uh, focused on the task rather than the personality or the ego or the credit. Um, I've seen some exceptions on that, but by and large, I, I love being friends with and working with smart, passionate women that want to do good work. Do, uh, what, what can we do in, in those of us who are in positions of leadership, who might be hearing this and going, that's great. I love what she's saying. How do I make that work in my workplace? How do we, how do we encourage the development of not just women leaders, but, but all potential leaders? How do we do that? This sounds so painfully simple, but it's really a matter of devoting time to get to know them as individuals and give them opportunities to succeed, even if it's just a small project where they can do something and it's meaningful to them and they can see themselves shine. Um, I've mentored people. I've, we have a leadership academy in Clackamas County. I've been mm-hmm. a mentor in that. And I, I actually mentored a gentleman who was a social worker and he said, I want to do your job. I said, great, let's get you going. I said, we need to get you around money. We need to get you around budgets. We need you to do more hard science so you don't get typecast as a social worker. Unfortunately, that is a typecasting. Um, and he's, unfortunately, I kind of mentored him out of the county. <laughs> he works at Family Share now, but he's that, doing a that great job. That always happens. You, you mentor people and they become really good and, and they, they head off somewhere else. But you know what? Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of that. Yeah. I'd rather have mm-hmm. 50 smart people that I'm mentoring and that are so excited and happy to be there and, and risk losing them than have people that are complacent and will stay there for 50 years, right? As of uh, 2013, there were only 19 female presidents Mm -hmm. or prime ministers. There were only 4.6% of the Fortune 500 CEOs were women. Mm -hmm. As women like you move into positions of power, what's going to change in your world or maybe in the world of business? I hope that women will not be questioned. I find that even now with my current position, I'm in meetings at times and I will make a statement or answer a question. And I almost need to have a verification check from a male counterpart. Mm. And it's true. It happens. It happened to me recently. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I would like to see women just treated at face value as competent and uh, creative. And instead of it being a weakness that we are empathetic and communicators really see that as the strength that it is. Well, Nancy Newton, thank you so much for being on the show. Any last second, 30-second thoughts you want to share? Thank you for having me. This has gone so quickly. My goodness, you do a great job. I would just say to everybody, um, be kind to each other. 
I, I, you know, this has been, today is an election, is the it election is. day. As, as we're recording this. As we sit an here and record day. this, I am wearing a pantsuit to give a hint, but <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what your party is as long as you're kind to people. That's all that matters. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank this you. has been David McNamee with Leadership Moments. Thank you for joining us for Leadership Moments with David McNamee. You can schedule an appointment with David by calling 971-204-0373 or email him at dmcnamee at foundationsforleaders.com. David has a wide variety of resources to help you, and you can find those resources at www.foundationsforleaders.com. Take the time to call David this week or contact him through Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or email. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. for Leadership Moments right here on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.